0: This is The Intersection. This is The Intersection Intersection podcast, recorded Friday, the 10th of November, 2017. Episode 25, how was it for you? The Intersection Podcast is only made possible through the support of its listeners and sponsors. If you have a product or service that you feel may appeal to our audience, please contact sponsor at intersectioncast.com. Hello and welcome to The Intersection, the podcast that bridges together the worlds of tech and pop culture. My name is Jonathan Wildman and um, this episode comes a week after the release, the official release of the iPhone X. Now, um, many of you out there were scrambling to uh, get hold of an iPhone 10 for launch day so I hope most of you were successful in doing that and um, I managed to get hold of mine um, and I've had a, about a week I've had a week now, yeah exactly a week uh, with the device and um, I've got to know its quirks, I've got to know its strengths and um, you know I've got a fair good impression of, of, of what I think of it so I'll share those impressions with you today um, but I mean but really I mean, the first thing that sort of uh, struck me about uh, this new iphone was the feel of it so obviously i take the thing out of the box which is a standard um apple iphone box um there was no bells and whistles really for you know the thousand pound plus device you know some sort of special packaging it was a bog standard iphone box um so but taking the thing out immediately um the device felt weighty it felt a lot heavier um than my iphone 7 that i had previously but it was a good sort of weighty it felt like a real sort of premium device um um, I got the silver model, uh, which is essentially a kind of like a, 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 a almost like a dull antique white color at the back with a, a, a shiny uh, stainless steel um, um, stainless steel frame. And um, you know the, the shininess of the stainless steel and and the feel of the glass back. Um, it, it felt like it, it really does feel like a luxury device. You feel kind of better about spending the obscene amount of money that this phone cost when you you know you first touch it you first get acquainted with it um and um yeah i mean i mean it it, it's um it's quite pleasant to the touch now what i did was uh, um i immediately switched it on and um and right away it's the screen the display is just brilliant it's just vibrant um it's it's um um, lamination of the screen is, is such that um the image of the screen seems really close to the glass so it actually does and. Feel look feel like there's a sticker on the on the device. You know, a sticker showing the mock sort of screen. Um, it's really sharp, um, and you know, immediately I set that thing up, and obviously the first thing I notice is the uh, the notch. And you do notice the notch at first, but then that kind of just fades away. I actually one of the few people actually like what Apple have done with the notch, simply because the um, the screen um, the 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 two ears if you want to call them that, of the screen uh, between the notch actually serve a purpose. We get rid of all the useless uh, information like, um, you know, battery status and not useless, but non-essential information like battery status um, and time. And we shove it into those ears so that the rest of the device's screen is actually dedicated to the application or, or, or the video or whatever, whatever is is you're watching uh, or doing. And um, I, I prefer that to the approach that other manufacturers uh, have taken uh, with their edge-to-edge screens. For example, the, the, the Samsung Galaxy um, S8 and, and, and the Note 8, where there is a very thin bezel at the top uh, to hold the camera and its sensors. Um, so I quite like the ears and, and it's distinct and, and it makes you know, you know, makes you, obviously for marketing purposes, it makes you realise, you know, notice straight away that it's an iPhone. Um, but so immediately when I switched the screen on, I was impressed with the uh, the OLED display. Um, I quickly, um, you know, um, the, the, the setup process um, has changed somewhat this is obviously an iOS 11 thing where it asks if you have a if you already have an iPhone an old iPhone or an iPad set up with your iCloud account if it's nearby if it's nearby bring it close to the new iPhone 10 I did that I brought it close Um, it then said it was going to transfer my details across now this wasn't the backup it wasn't the rest restoring my backup this was just my my details so normally you go through the tedious process of of um, sort of setting up your, your your iTunes account, your 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 iCloud account, signing in, a- enabling location services, all that sort of stuff. Um, and um, so, what this does is it just transfers all those settings from one device to another. So I did that. I brought my iPad Pro um, close by. And what happens is you get a pairing, you go for a pairing process, much like the Apple Watch, where you get this kind of um, this kind of abstract um, pattern on the screen. And and, and then you have to essentially um, hold, um, you know, the the other device, um, the camera. And so it sees this this pattern and the two devices pair up and then you move your settings from one to the other. Um, After that process was complete. Um, I went through the usual of setting up, um, Hey Siri and setting up Apple pay and I've just set Siri off in my room. Um, and also, um, setting up, um, a face ID. Now this is where it got interesting because normally I'm, when I'm setting up a new iPhone, I'm used to, um, the touch ID process, you know, okay. Set the phone up for touch ID, put your finger Go and press your finger again, yet again, yet again. Now, you know, let it scan a wider range of your finger. And it takes a little bit of a while. It's not too long when you get the hang of it, but it's fiddly. Face ID, the setup was absolutely brilliant. Um, I could see an image of myself. The camera was displaying me. Um There was a circle and it literally said, move your head around in in, in, in a certain motion around that to, to follow that circle. So move your head in the circle. Move it two, three times. Done. That was it. Done. Set up straight away. Face ID. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, and I've restored my backup and, and, and there you go. So I've restored my backup and, um, and you know, obviously because I've restored the backup from from the previous phone, um, which was a standard retina display um, iPhone SE. I was using that in the interim. Um, I have the same wallpaper and everything displayed on the tent, and immediately I could see the differences. Um, I can see the differences in the quality of screen with the OLED. I mean, obviously, the blacks are black. I mean, the blacks are really true black. Um, you know, the whites are white. Everything is a bit more vibrant. Everything is a bit more colourful. Um, I mean, there was a immediate difference. Um, one thing I did notice, um, and this is um, um, symptomatic of OLED displays, is that the viewing angles are slightly skewed. So, for example, um, when you look at the phone, head on it looks great if you're looking at the phone from a slightly strange viewing angle or you're tilting the phone you might get a little bit more a lot more blue you might you know there might be a little bit of distortion it's probably not as bad as i'm making it sound it is a known um a known um uh, issue um or quirk of uh, oled displays because oled displays as a technology are still pretty immature um, um, and obviously the other devices that have OLED displays, like the Samsung devices, etc., um, have the same issue. Um, I've been told that the issue is not as bad on the iPhone 10 as it is on other displays. I cannot say with any confidence whether that's true or not. I haven't spent that much time with other OLED displays, but it's, it's OK. Um, it's generally not a problem unless you are planning to use your phone at a funny angle um, for the majority of the time. Um so yeah, I mean I mean that's that I mean obviously one of the first things I want to do was actually test um uh face ID. Um and I and what this is what's gonna happen. So when you first set this thing up and you test um face ID, you're going to is you're you're going to add too many steps to the process you're gonna okay i need to switch my phone on um okay there is a thing i have to swipe up let me let me look at the screen first and then swipe up the thing and then when you do it like that it takes a lot longer than touch id you're not supposed to you do it that way you're doing it wrong as steve jobs would say um you have when you when you switch on the phone with face id you have a little padlock icon at the top of the screen and that indicates that when the padlock the animation of the padlock unlocks that indicates that it's recognized your face when it sort of shakes and the phone uh, provides a bit of um, haptic feedback it means it hasn't recognized the face and so the idea is you're not supposed to uh, turn it into a multi-step process the iPhone X has tap to wake as well as raised to wake. So tap to wake is much like the Apple Watch, where you literally just tap the screen, touch the screen, and it comes on. It's in, and it's displayed. So. When you want to unlock your phone, you simply tap the screen and you swipe up. Don't think about Face ID. Hold the phone in your hand and swipe up. And as long as the phone is in the direction of your face, you don't have to hold it close to your face. You don't have to hold it at a certain angle or anything like that. As long as the phone is facing you, and I always say a good rule of thumb is to um, look in the direction of the uh, little little um, uh, icon, little padlock icon. As long as you do that and you just simply swipe up without thinking about Face ID, it unlocks and it always unlocks seamlessly and um, to the point where you are you start to doubt whether this thing is actually um, locked at all. And I, I, did, I actually did think that I thought, wow, OK, is this actually on? And I pass it to one of my sons and obviously they don't get into the phone. Now, the, the same thing sort of applies with Apple Pay, actually. Um one of my concerns actually was 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 concerned was was about using Apple Pay. Um, particularly, for example, if you know, I live in London. If you're travelling on the tube and you want to just quickly tap, you know, just tap on, 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 on the card readers to get through or to make a quick purchase. My you know, with touch ID it's easy. You simply just rest your finger on, on the um on the on, on the sensor and um, you're authenticated. Boom, done so I was, I was a little bit worried about Apple pay would work on this and it's the same thing. The best way to approach it is to not think about it. By the time you've picked up your phone, it has, it should have recognized your face by the time you pick up your phone, it should have recognized your face already. Again, the key is to look at the padlock icon. Um, and in that case, when you does, uh, when your phone is, is brought close to a, um, 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 a car terminal, it, um, it will actually jump into Apple Pay as it would before. You'll see your Apple Wallet. You'll see your card display, and all you're instructed to do is to double tap the home button, not the home button. Oh, almost got me there. No, to double tap the um, the, um, the 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 sleep wake button, the power button on the phone. Um, much like the way you, um, you authenticate, um, a payment on Apple, using Apple pay on an Apple watch, you just double tap the side button. So it's the same thing. And the the minute you start to stop thinking about the process, it works extremely quickly and it works a lot more quickly than touch ID. Now, speaking of Touch ID, so Touch ID is gone. There's no fingerprint sensor at all. And that, that was quite a controversial decision that Apple made. Um, and there are still some people on the fence about that. There are still some people who refuse to entertain the idea of upgrading to an iPhone 10 just because of the absence of Touch ID. Now, that's absolutely fine. If you love Touch ID, the iPhone 8 and the 8 Plus is out there and they're very capable phones. Um, but I can tell you from experience, I don't miss Touch ID at all um face id works brilliantly now granted there are some caveats like for example if your phone is lying flat on a table generally if you're in the direction of your phone it will recognize you but it won't unlock and i'll tell you why it won't unlock because it's it's seen your face But it doesn't have your attention. Now, one of the things people joked about when Apple announced Face ID is, oh, well, if someone, you know, just put, you know, shoves the iPhone in front of your face, you know, will it unlock? Or if you're asleep and they shove the iPhone in front of your face, will it unlock? Well, no, it won't um, because Face ID requires attention. So it actually scans to see whether you are awake and actually looking at the phone. And this can throw you off sometimes because it, um, like I say, if you've got the phone just lying on the table and you want to just quickly glance at a message, um, you can't do that unless you actually give the phone your, your, your actual attention. Um, And that, I mean, obviously with Touch ID, you could have just reached over and leant over and and tapped your your thumb on the center or your finger on the center and it would unlock. Um, Now, this is by design and this actually can be disabled. So if you want Face ID just to scan your face and unlock rather than also check for attention, which is an added security measure, then what you need to do is to drill into the settings and disable it. Um, And what will happen when you disable it is you can do things like have your phone at funny, funny angles or sort of lean over, um, you know, on your desk, lean over towards the direction of phone and it will unlock. You still still need to do the swiping action to unlock the phone, um, but you can do that. And, and also the process, the Face ID process is a little quicker because it's not adding that, ac- that extra step to check for your attention. I mean, it's not slow anyway, but it, you do notice it's a little bit um, quicker. Um, and so, I mean, that's an option there. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're not worried about um, people, um, I don't know, grabbing your your phone while you're asleep and then and, and you know and using that to unlock it then then that's fine you know most people trust the people they live with or they're around they like to think so so that's fine so anyway to do that you need to disable that if you want to do that you need to um go into the settings app on the phone tap on general tap on accessibility and then you'll see a toggle for require attention for face id and you want to disable that if you want to disable that um, and that is there Another nifty thing that is there is, and this is switched on by default with the iPhone X, um, is uh, the fact that your notifications, your messages, um, etc., the, the notifications that get peered on, on your phone screen as they get pushed to your device um, are sort of obscured by default. So, for example, um, you don't get a text preview of an email or, or a VIP email or an, or an iMessage or something like that on the screen. You don't see it. Now you do see it if you look at the phone and it recognises your face. It will then um, display a preview. Again, it's an added security measure. Again, it's it's a welcome one, I think, because I can leave my phone lying on the desk and not worry about messages coming in and people snooping. Um, It is something that you can switch off if you want to switch off. Again, it's buried in the settings, but I think it's a fantastic feature. And it's just those little differences that I like about Apple when it comes to user experience. Now, a lot of people have asked questions like, oh, Face ID, all that's all well and good. Um, But how many applications will actually support Face ID? You know, we'll have to wait for developers to get on board and support it. Well, the answer to that is no, not really. Um, A lot of developers have got on board and in their applications, there are references to Face ID and enabling Face ID. Other developers haven't done that, but they have apps that support Touch ID. And I can tell you now that if the application supported Touch ID, it will support Face ID. So even if the application has not been updated and there's no reference to Face ID at all, if you enable Touch ID, When you try to, when the app tries to authenticate you, it will go through a face ID process. It will quickly scan your face. And if it recognizes you um, or has your attention, depending on how your settings are configured, it will let you into that app. So you don't have to worry about compatibility at all. And I can confirm that that also works with banking apps. Now I did notice a little quirk actually about the Barclays app. I'm a Barclays customer and it might affect some other banking apps. If you have restored from a backup on a device that has Touch ID, that, in which you have enabled Touch ID authentication to get into that banking app, um, that app will crash when you've, when you've restored your phone on the iPhone 10. I think it's something to do with the authentication process. So what you have to do um, is, and what I did with the Barclays app, is I basically uninstalled it from my iPhone 10 redownloaded it from the app store, reset up, and then I was enabled, uh, I was able to then use uh, face ID to, to get into the app. Um, so there's just, just a little tip there if any of you have problems with that. Um, another tip out there for those of you who have uh, moved from um, um, one of the larger iPhones like the 6 or 6s or 7 or the Plus models to the iPhone 10, um, you may have been used to the reachability um, the reachability feature, which is basically um, what it does, is it allows one-handed operation on a larger-sized phone. Uh, so when you would double tap on, um, on the on the but on the, um, the home button, not double tap, triple tap on the the home button, the the screen would sort of be pushed down to half halfway to sort of halfway along the display, so that you can reach the uh, the top areas of the application UI and um, reachability um, appears when you get the iPhone 10. Um, it does appear not to be there. It, um, and it, it hasn't been disabled, um, well it's been disabled, it hasn't been removed. Um, and so the way to switch it on again is the same, you need to drill down to settings, general and then accessibility and you'll see a toggle there for reachability. and. in in order to use reachability because there is no home button on the iphone 10 you have a bar you have the home bar at the bottom of the screen and it's swiping up on that bar which gets you to the home screen um and so when you want to do reachability you want to do your double you want to not your double tap you you want to on that home bar kind of swipe down on the bar so just sort of just very gentle swipe from the top of the bar. And there's, there's a very sort of narrow area to do this to down and it will push the screen down. And then you can use reachability as usual. Now, um, that's a good segue actually into the issue of the missing home button. There is no home button in the iPhone 10. Everything is controlled through gestures. And um, as I've explained, you simply swipe up on the on the home bar to uh, get to the home screen. Um, now in terms of getting to your application, your app tiles, the, um, the multitasking feature, um, of the, to see what apps are running in the iPhone 10, Apple say you swipe halfway up and pause ever so slightly. and And indeed you do, you get the, um, the app tiles displayed and you can flick through them there. Um, so that's one way of doing it. I find an easier way of doing it. And here's a tip is you don't worry about pausing halfway. Simply, um, rather than swiping up, do a sort of a backwards L motion, so up and then to the right. And that will always bring up the, um, the, um, the multitasking, um, the, the application um, tile display. That will always do that every time it works, and that's what I do now, and that's how I advise people now to deal with that. So it's like a backwards L, so up and then to the right in one motion. Um, Another thing is um, actually swiping through open applications once you've got the app tiles displayed. Now you see the home bar at the bottom and you can literally um, swipe left or right to uh, skim through the apps. There is a nifty way of doing it in, in terms of almost like an arc. Uh, shape so you so you swipe like a, an upside down U on the home bar just to just to flick through the apps even more quickly that works pretty well as well it requires a bit of practice um, in terms of closing application force applications force closing them um, before you would just swipe up so when you get the app tiles now um, if you just swipe up you'll find that won't actually close the application what you need to do is to um, hold down on the on the application tile and then you'll see some red crosses once you have the red crosses displayed you can either tap on the red cross to close the application or swipe the application up uh, and then it will close in the normal manner now you know generally my my impressions of the iphone 10 have been extremely positive this feels like i mean at long last it feels like a legitimate upgrade to the iphone now i've had iPhones since way back, the iPhone uh, 3G, um, but, um, you know, I was getting a bit bored with the iPhone 6 form factor, I had an iPhone 6, I then had, um, I skipped the 6S, um, because I was bored of the form factor, and I got an iPhone 7 and um, you know this feels like a legitimate upgrade at last it just feels like a brand new device a new experience it does feel like a legitimate taste of the future Um, everything is gesture based all of that screen in such a small sort of form factor that can still fit your pocket quite nicely Um, I'm impressed. Uh, I've said the OLED display is impressive and I appreciate uh, a lot of um, Android fans out there, uh, particularly Samsung fans, have enjoyed OLED screens for a long time. That's great and that's fair enough. Um, But it is impressive nonetheless. And I'm sure you concur in that with that. Um, And... Um, the difference actually between um, the iPhone display and the Samsung OLED display um, on, on, their, on their devices, I should say, because um, the iPhone does have a Samsung display, because um, Samsung manufacture components, um, is mainly bec- the way it's set up. Apple have it set up in a more natural way, um, so the colours are more accurate. Um, in terms of um, you know um, the way things look in the real world, uh, particularly when you're looking at photos and images, etc., the Samsung displays tend to have a bit more pop to them. The colours seem to be tad oversaturated uh, a lot of people like that it's very very vis- visually appealing to a lot of people um, to me it's always looked a little bit too neon a little bit too unrealistic so i quite like the natural the more natural um display of the iphone and and the same is true with 10 um, apple have put true tone um technology into the iphone 10 and that's immediately apparent in actual fact it's part of the setup process um it tells you that true tone is on and there's a little button you can hold down to see what it looks like when it's off and for those who don't know true tone was introduced with the um, 9.7 inch ipad pro and what it does is there are ambient light sensors in the on, on the front facing um camera of the phone near the front facing camera and they kind of um sort of assess the 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 light temperature of your surroundings so for example if you're in bright if you're in um, artificial light that is sort of a tad on, on the warm side, on the yellow side, it will adjust your screen accordingly to match that um, tone because what it's trying to do is replicate how a white sheet of paper will, will look or be affected in in various different lighting um, scenarios uh, so that it's easier to read. Things are easier on the eye. So I I, I quite like that. Um, True Tone is not everyone's cup of tea, but if you put it on you immediately notice when you switch it off um when you switch it off it's a lot more blue it's a lot more cold the display things can be more difficult to read particularly at night um your mileage may vary uh but i tend to keep true tone on um i think apple switch on by default again in the settings you can go and switch that right off um so that's that's display um apple have included some live wallpapers uh with the iphone 10 and um um, they're they're very nice because they're 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 the sort of the animated bubbles which we've seen from before, but with pitch black backgrounds. Now, pitch black backgrounds on OLED look amazing because the blacks are truly black. Because when you have black, um, the uh, the display for that particular pixel isn't there's no power that goes to it. So you get a true black and that's how, uh, for example, if you had an all black screen, um, the, the, an all black image, the notch on the phone blends seamlessly into it. You can't even tell where the notch begins or ends. Um, and, it's, and if you want to really see that, um, I would recommend drilling down and, and having a look at those uh, those live wallpapers. And one of the things that the iPhone X supports from the standards um, is HDR, high dynamic range. Um, and so this makes a big difference uh, when you're watching videos uh, that have been encoded uh, to HDR standards such as Dolby Vision. And um, like I said, you really do notice the difference, particularly in, in, in sort of dark scenes. Uh, you see a lot more detail. Uh, blacks are blacker. and You see... Um, you know things just generally pop a lot better it's 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 hard to describe you have to actually see it um there's almost um uh uh, i'm gonna say a 3d but things sort of pop out at you there's Um, After the screen a lot better, like um, bright lights are actually bright uh, to the point where they should make you squint within a dark, the context of a dark scene. Um, And uh, so the iPhone 10 does support HDR, has an HDR um, display and it supports standards like Dolby Vision. And um, you'll find that now um, uh, services such as Netflix are updating their apps um, to um, allow iPhone 10 users um, to take full advantage of that HDR display. Now the iPhone um, over the years, if we're talking about ten years of iPhone, has been and is you know is is, is one of the things it's known for is its um, is, is is its ringtone um, and even you know the iPhone ringtones over the years have have in themselves become uh, somewhat iconic um, and I'll I'll run through it now. So the first iPhone ringtone, if you remember, was this. And then in 2013, when iOS 7 was released and that uh, gave iOS a a fresh lick of paint, um, the ringtone, the default ringtone, changed to this. And that's the one that most of us are, are used to now so with the iphone 10 just to let everyone out there know that you're special apple have introduced an exclusive ringtone it's exclusive for iphone 10 users uh called reflection which is a bit of a gentler ringtone um and if those who don't have an iphone 10 this is what it sounds like Course, uh, most of you aren't even gonna hear that anyway, because you'll simply keep your phone on silent and use your Apple Watches to be notified, of course. So um, you know, but um, that, that's the new that's the new ringtone. Um there it is. I thought it was easier just to play it to you rather than to try and attempt to describe it. Um so yeah, continuing on with um the things that um, impressed me about the iPhone 10. Um another one, and I can I, I again in advance, I hear you you Android users collectively groan. Um, is wireless charging now I understand it took Apple a long time to um, embrace the Qi wireless charging standard but it's extremely convenient I will not lie it's extremely convenient and let's face it Apple have a lot of pull in the industry in terms of setting standards so while wireless charging already existed i think now that it is has been embraced by apple i think you can expect to see a lot more wires wireless charging um um you know pads or in 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 public places um we rarely see a few in coffee shops etc i think because now the iphone um and the iphone does you know, like it or love it, the iPhone does lead the way, um, I think you're going to see a lot more conveniently placed um, in public places. Um, but not wireless charging has been useful for me. Um, many moons ago, I did actually sort of hack around with my old iPhone 6, and I bought one of those um, wireless charging coils. Um, so it's a flat pad, which with a lightning connector. So it would permanently connect um, to my lightning connector, um, and it would be a flat pad that I would obviously disguise in my uh, cover-up with an, uh, a back case for my iPhone, and then it, I could use all the Qi chargers. So I had quite a few Qi chargers lying around. Um, obviously, that failed eventually. stopped working. Uh, but I still got Qi chargers lying around. And, of course, they work great with the iPhone 10. Um, I picked up uh, an integrated um, wireless charging solution from IKEA, um, £10, and um, essentially... Um, i drill a hole in a bedside table i install that and it, and I, you know i just literally plunk my phone down when i go to bed and it charges wirelessly now wireless charging can be very slow apple don't yet support fast wireless charging they say that is coming Um, ...through a software update in future... ...so when I plonk my phone down my bedside table... ...I'm I'm doing that with the notion of it's going to charge overnight... ...and there'll be a full charge by the time I wake up in the morning... ...if you want to charge something quickly... ...I would say use the lightning cable all the way... Um, ...but it's handy, you know... ...I've got another wireless charging stand on my desk at work... ...I just literally plonk the phone there... Um, ...I can grab it when I need to grab it and go to a meeting... ...just plonk it back there when I'm back at my desk... ...I don't need to fiddle around with cables or anything... Again, Apple are late to the party, but this is extremely convenient, and I've been enjoying that immensely. Um, moving on to the camera, um, I you know I find the the, um, the quality of the iPhone X camera to be outstanding. To be quite honest, um, a lot of the technologies we've seen before the dual lens, so we have um, um, a telephoto lens and a wide-angle lens. So there's two lenses at the back, which gives us actually a legitimate um, um, optical zoom. Uh, we now have optical image stabilization on both of those dual, uh, both of those back cameras. The uh, front camera as well um, can can now do portrait mode as well as the back camera. So portrait mode is where um, you, you you take a photo keeping your subject far. far Uh, You sharp in focus and you use an effect called bokeh to sort of blur out the background now you can apply that with with front camera so you can do really good looking um, portrait mode selfies (laughs) if you're into that sort of thing and I've I've experimented with a few and it looks pretty good looks pretty impressive Um, one of the things that strike me the most about this camera is its performance in low light I mean it's been simply outstanding I normally keep flash um, on auto flash um and I have found in low light conditions like a restaurant or something like that, I've had an extremely sharp image captured and I haven't had that flash go off at all. So I've been extremely impressed with the, the camera. Um I it, it's the best smartphone camera I've I've ever used. Um and um um, one, one thing to note about uh, the the the, the, uh, the camera and, and the video actually is that we, we have two new uh, formats um, and these formats uh, sort of better compress the images so this should technically half the amount of space uh, your photos and your videos take up um, so we have the HEV, HEVC and the HEIF uh, formats uh, and because of that uh, that, that clever uh, compression um, algorithm um, you sh- your photo certainly won't take as much as they they used to and the videos won't take as much as they used to and speaking of videos um so now the iphone 10 um brings us a 4k recording in at 60 frames per second uh which again is incredibly impressive um it, it's just amazing now we have such a powerful video camera in our pockets i mean 60 frames per second at 4k wow and um, those of you with 4K TVs of any TV now, you know, any, any new TV in the, on, on the market uh, will be um, a, a, a 4K Ultra HD TV. Uh, you can certainly take advantage of that. Now, it does take a lot, um, a lot more space than usual. Um, and that's something to be um, aware, aware of um, on your iPhone. And it's not actually enabled by default. And the reason why... Um, is simply because of um, of, of, of this um, the storage burden of 4K at 60 frames per second. So while your new um, video format is helping keeping sizes down, it still takes a significant amount of space. And I'm just going to let you know some uh, give you a rough idea of of, of the space it does take. And these, um, these figures come directly from Apple, actually. So we, we, we'll use um, um, a minute of video recording um, just to compare things. So a minute of video recording at 720p HD at 30 frames per second, um, 40 megabytes, 40 megabytes roughly. If you um, up that to 1080p at 30 frames per second, 60 megabytes. Um, now if you go with the default and, and it will be set at this at default, which is 1080p HD at 60 frames per second, which is much smoother, of course, um, 90 megabytes of space that will occupy. Um, if you go with, uh, 4k at 24 frames per second, which, um, is the frame rate, uh, that most motion pictures use. So you have a film style effect. That's 135 megabytes of space that will take for a minute of footage. Um, if you up that to 4K at 30 frames per second, which was the limit uh, on on previous uh, models of iPhones, um, that is 170 megabytes um, per minute. And uh, here we go. So 4K at 60 frames per second, which is the highest resolution and the, uh, the smoothest of uh, playback. Um, this is going to cost you 400 megabytes per minute. Now, if you imagine you record, I don't know, let's say you record um, 10 minutes of footage, um, you know, at a birthday party or, or, or something like that, um, that is going to be about four gigs of space, roughly, that will take up four gigs of space. So you can see how if you're constantly recording at 4K 60 frames per second, you're going to use up your storage fairly quickly now a lot of people uh, mitigated against that by getting the 256 gigabyte model of iphone 10 um again it doesn't mean that's unlimited storage so it's something to be aware of um and um, there is an argument that even if you don't have a 4K TV, it's nice to shoot for the future, um, to keep things future-proof. Okay, I agree with that. Um, but if if you find you're going to be recording a significant amount of footage on 4K, 60 frames per second, I myself went for the 64 gigabyte model because I've got a solution in place, and that solution is iCloud Photo Library, so any video or Or um, still, of photos I I shoot get uploaded to iCloud automatically, and I um they don't uh, take up the storage on my device. I sort of pull them down and play them back on request. Um, So that's one option to consider, actually. Um, And I think um, you know if there are other solutions out there, there are third-party sort of um, Lightning drives. ...which have storage on there if you want to uh, record tons and tons of footage... ...if you're doing an extensive video shoot so you could dump that footage onto that drive... Uh, it's removed from your phone storage and you can take it and edit it and do whatnot or you can use the old um, tried and tested solution of actually connecting your iphone to your pc or your mac and offloading the the videos um you know after you've done your day shooting doing it that way so there are a number of options um 4k 60 frames per second is is awesome but just be wary that it uh there is a cost um so um and so one of one the thing, first things that uh, struck me about the iPhone and, and obviously it, its large display, its large display is incredibly, um, incredibly exposed and the iPhone itself um, in, in, in that respect makes it somewhat fragile. So as much as I love screen protectors, <clears throat> I decided to go uh, down the route of getting the screen protector installed. Um, and I wanted to do a sort of a make make a sort of a hackneyed effort of it myself at home messing around with um, you know dealing with air bubbles and dust etc I managed um, I looked into Belkin's uh, solution um, and Belkin's solution is uh, can be uh, installed at the Apple store Um, and um, so somewhat Apple I guess endorse this because they have the equipment installed to apply the screen protector so you take your iPhone in store and that's one of the first things I did actually before I even switched it on I took it out of the box uh gave it to the lady in the store um and they for a charge and I believe the charge now is 25 pounds um it they installed the screen protector we're um, using it as some sort of device, some sort of contraption, um, which ensures that it's a perfect fit and um, there are no dust, no air bubbles. And if they somehow mess it up, they will just clean up your phone, install another one free of charge. It's their fault. So I, I did that just for peace of mind. Um, the screen protector does have a cut around the notch. Uh, it doesn't cover the notch up. And I suspect that's because... Um, I suspect that 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 is because it would affect face ID if it was covered up. But um, so this screen protector is called the Belkin Invisiglass Ultra Screen Protector um, for the iPhone 10. And I said it was £25. I've totally lied. Looking on Apple's website is £29.95. That was actually a lot cheaper a few weeks ago, but it seems to have gone up. Fair enough. There's a lot more demand for it now. The iPhone is out. Um, And this is um not tempered glass this is corning's corning glass um some sort of um space age glass apparently uh that's extremely tough and um uh, scr- uh, scratch resistant um i mean it's quite tempered glass but it's not your average tempered glass let's just say um and they make claims like, what are they claims? It was used on some space shuttle, that glass was used in the windows, etc. Um, but it does have um, uh, an anti-fingerprint and scratch-resistant coating. It's pretty hard. And, you know, you could be sure that if somehow your there was impact on your iPhone, it, was, it would absor- absorb, absorb the shock of that impact. Um, and um, your screen protector would smash, not your iPhone 10 screen would smash so um yep definitely worth it um i thought might have an expensive side now but at least they apply it for you so i'd say make no attempts at all to do this yourself at home get down to an apple store and uh, make sure they apply that onto your iphone 10 for you in actual fact they'll clean your device first so uh, you get a nice shiny uh, shiny clean screen before obviously before it's applied now, um, obviously, another feature of the iPhone X, albeit one that's just a little bit of fun, is Animojis. Now, Animojis have seemed to have taken the world by storm already. I've already seen commercials with mock Animojis. I've seen Animojis featured an entire page in the newspaper, the um, newspaper spread, um, you know, even standard, etc. Um, and um, we have a new phenomenon that's hit the Internet called Animoji Karaoke. Now, if, if you don't know, Animojis are essentially animated emojis um, that uh, use um, the uh, iPhone X's facial recognition um, to uh, mirror your, your facial movements and mimic uh, lip movements, head movement, etc, etc. Also to mimic the expression on your face. The idea is you use them in iMessage to send quick messages to people. You get 10 seconds to record a message so you can have an animated monkey or cat or dog or unicorn or robot or alien saying your message with your facial expressions, obviously. Um, And it's a lot of fun. And my daughter finds it hilarious. She is six. I've used it a couple of times. Can't say I'm going to use it again, really. Um, It's probably going to be one of those features that I'll use. Yeah, that's cool. And not use again, Um, maybe on special occasions. But it's a a bit of fun nonetheless. But these silly things tend to pick up and these silly things tend to take off. So we have a new phenomenon, um, Animoji Karaoke, where iPhone X users have essentially been... um, Recording And the way they've done this to get over the 10 second limit, they've obviously used the screen recording function of the iPhone and recording themselves lip sync to famous songs uh, with various Animoji characters. And I can imagine this would be quite time consuming because you'd have to do the entire song with each character. And then you have to edit that video to get rid of the iPhone UI and just have the character move in its lips and its head and rearrange them onto uh, and to make a music video basically so we've had cool ones like Bohemian Rhapsody and, and, and you know things like that and um, uh, it, it's a bit of fun. It, it's it's not one of these social media fads everyone's been sort of liking these videos and sharing these videos um it's kind of cool um and yeah I mean I guess I'll put a link in the show notes to Bohemian Rhapsody and then you then you, you can you can see what I'm on about. So there it is new phenomenon emoji karaoke. So for those of you still on the fence, so those of you who didn't manage to get hold of an iPhone 10 immediately on launch day, who are maybe now considering picking one up, you're probably going to ask. Um, you're probably going to ask, what's the availability like? Normally, when a new product is launched, uh, a new Apple product is launched, availability uh, supply is constrained uh, for the first few months or so. We certainly didn't see that with the iPhone eight. The iPhone eight just wasn't met with much enthusiasm at all, and I told you a couple of episodes ago. From a lot of people um, contacts that I have uh, who work for the various uh, mobile networks, were saying that they were actually quite disappointed uh, with the level of uh, of interest for iPhone eight. But then most people, if they're in the market for a new iPhone, were waiting for an iPhone ten anyway. So the situation was that on, on, on actual launch day, Apple did um, actually um, have some um, some stock uh, of iPhone tens um, on in their retail stores, and you had to basically get in line for those. Um, and quite a lot of people who queued up early, what you know, did get the phone that they wanted. It seems like the one in shortest supply is the two hundred and fifty six uh, gigabyte space gray model. Um, silver models seem to be. A little bit easier to get, but um, stock has been coming into Apple stores and and over the past week they've had 64 gigabyte models coming in in dribs and drabs. Um, so if you want space gray, 64 gigabytes or silver, you could get that two five six has been a bit more difficult, although the silver two five six is easier to come by. And the way to do it is that Apple, um, allow people to make reservations to collect from store. And these reservations always open at 6am. There's two ways of doing that. Make a reservation, pay online, um, pay online, pick up your phone, that allocated time, uh, slot or um, um, reserve and make an appointment to get a phone on the Apple upgrade program. Now, this, again, depends on stock. Um you can make a reservation in principle for, let's say, 256 gigabyte uh, silver iPhone 10. Um, you get a time slot, you go in there and you can then, uh, the phone's waiting for you, but you can then apply uh, do your credit checks for the Apple upgrade program. Or you could change your mind and say, hey, actually, I want to just pay for it all out up front and and do so um now six o'clock a.m six a.m is when um your you know the system goes live to place reservations so if you haven't got an iphone 10 yet set an alarm 6 a.m um, you know, I will put uh, a link in the show notes to the um the the reservation uh or website so you can so you can navigate straight there. Um and make sure you're already logged in um to the Apple website and just hit refresh. You will see what models you can um order. Um and you can search for models in your local store and it will show you stores nearby if your store doesn't have your particular model. Now, I would keep on doing that even if you know, if you go there immediately and your what you want doesn't seem to va- be available, I would keep on doing that for a good hour. <laughs> so set an alarm between six and seven, keep on refreshing and checking because what happens is people sort of um they they add a model and they don't go through the reservation. So that has to go back into the pool, etc. Um and sometimes people don't show up for reservations, which means it will go back into the next batch um during the day. So 6 a.m is when the system always goes live during the day um things can show up every now and again but how would you know you know if someone doesn't show up to their appointment how would you know when something's available that's why again it's our old faithful friend i stock now i stock uh again i'll put a link to the show notes this helps us out with airpods when they were hard to come by remember that <laughs> and um, what you do is you get a map and you see stock levels of apple stores apple retail stores all over the country and you can set an alert so you can set an alert so you scroll so you zoom the map to a level where you're happy so let's say for example all the apple stores in london yeah all the south of england um and then you say right set me an alert for stock of a particular model or all models of iphone 10 uh within that given area and what it does, it emails you as soon as it detects that there's stock available. What you want to do is to make sure that the iStock now email address is in your VIP list. Because what happens is when uh, you receive an email for someone in your VIP list, you get a push message telling you that email's there, ready to be read. Um, and obviously jump on that as soon as possible and place your reservation for your iPhone 10. Now, on the launch day, available there was availability in third party um among third party retailers so argos did have some stock um i believe um john lewis had some stock and still has some stock uh every now and again um so it's always worth checking there as well um so it it seems like the supply i mean it's hard still hard to come by but the supply of the iphone 10 um The situation wasn't as dire as everyone predicted. Everyone thought this thing would be extremely scarce. You won't be able to pick one up until the new year. Um, While you still have to do a bit of work to get one, there seems to be plenty of iPhone 10s to the point where, you know, um, third party uh, retailers are are, are getting stock too. So you just got to work a little bit hard. Um, I mentioned iStock now. I believe iStock now allows you to set alerts for certain other retailers as well as Apple um apple retailers um apple retail stores so um i would definitely use that if you're you're in the market for an iphone 10 you want it sooner rather than later use that website and definitely add them to your vip list so that was the iPhone 10 launch, and those are my impressions of the iPhone X, you know, having known one for about a week now. Um, generally, um, the launch of the iPhone X was met with a lot of enthusiasm um, among tech enthusiasts, uh, among mainstream media, etc., um, and the general public at large, uh, who seem to be impressed with this device when they see it on display, you know, demo units in stores, etc. Um, however, there was one... Um, one area, one company who um, didn't treat the launch with much enthusiasm, and that's understandably so, and that's uh, Apple's old old rival Samsung. Now, what Samsung did to mark the launch of the iPhone X wasn't to just ignore it and treat it as a non-factor. It wasn't to treat it graciously, uh, uh, you know, at all. It was to attack. And um, it released a very aggressive, I thought, a very aggressive commercial. Um, and I'm not entirely sure who this commercial was was aimed at. Um, and um, so this commercial is called um, Growing Up. And it's it, it's an advert. And I, again, I'm confused. I'm not sure who it's aimed at. And I'll, I'll put a link to the show notes, but I'll give it a brief description. It essentially... Um, tells the story of a guy and a girl now it starts off with this guy who is an apple fan so we have captions that tell us that you know what year it is and we see each of the the main sort of iphone launches over the years and this guy is there he got the first one he got you know etc etc but he's he shows up at each launch enthusiastically and then he we see footage of him using the phone and there's a bit of a shortcoming so for example he's out of storage um you know things like that um he meets this girl um and he she always has the solution to these shortcomings because she's a samsung fan so for, for one they go- they're, they're goofing around this is no particular order by the way they're goofing around they fall into water um oh my gosh her, her you know his, his phone is not water resistant at that point he has to chuck it in a bowl of rice he's in a panic she she's totally relaxed because her samsung is water resistant um another bit where um they're um they're having a cozy evening in together and um they're both watching something on a phone and he's they're watching something on his iphone and he uses this ridiculous dongle setup um because as you know apple removed the headphone jack uh from the iphone 7 series and um you know despite the fact that you know they could have played the phone use the phone's loudspeakers or something like that no he's using this ridiculous dongle setup which is just awkward while her phone casually charges on a wireless charging um stand you know and and again it, it it's you know even the very beginning of this ad when the two meet together and um, they exchange phone numbers so he's sort of clumsily sort of scrambling, trying to get her number in by typing into the phone. And she's whipped out her Galaxy Note with S Pen and she just easily sort of writes his number down. It's a very aggressive ad because it implies that every step of the way in this industry, Samsung have led the way in terms of innovation and Apple have followed, which is absolute baloney because, you know, even, you know, innovations such as Apple Pay and things like that and even in terms of the UI and user experience... Apple have led the way, which is why Samsung is still in court with Apple. But this app, this commercial is complete an utter claptrap, it really is. And okay, there have been some aspects where, um, let's just say Samsung have um, introduced things first, like wireless charging, etc. But Apple's way hasn't always been to be, you know, hasn't been to be first to the party, it's been to make, to make the best impression, I've said that time and time again. And um, it's just it's it's quite funny, actually. And and there's a scene at the end where the guys had enough. And he's, OK, he's had enough. He's going to buy himself a Galaxy Note 8. So he gets a Galaxy Note 8 and he uses the fantastic S pen to scribble a note to his girlfriend. Guess what I've got? And this is the part that annoys me. So at the end, he's got his Note 8. And he walks past what's clearly an Apple store. And there's a line. It's a very small line for the iPhone X. And that, even that in itself is nonsense because the lines would be massive. And we know it's an iPhone X because we see we see uh, posters with the iPhone X in the background. And clearly it's supposed to be an Apple store. Um, anyway, so there is a guy on line, in the line <laughs> with... A hairstyle that um, resembles the notch on the iPhone 10. This is such a childish dig. It resembles the notch on the iPhone 10. And um, he kind of, him and, and this chap who's converted, exchange glances. And this chap, and the chap gives a really dirty look. I mean, it's so hostile. It's unbelievable. He gives a really dirty look and he crosses the road all confident like, yeah, I've got my Samsung. Now, what I don't like about this ad, the notch part was funny. And generally, it's a funny ad. If you treat it as a piece of comedy, it's not very accurate. It's not very true. And notice how 2016 was missing when Galaxy Notes were exploding left, right and center. Fine. Um, But I think Samsung should show Apple a lot more respect for leading the way in this industry. Um, I appreciate Samsung have a rival product, but you want to sell that product on its own merits. You don't spend um, the vast majority of your commercial talking about the history of your competitor and your competitor's products. That makes no sense at all. Furthermore, I just don't understand who this ad is um, is, is aimed at. Surely Samsung are not going to spend money producing an advert to reassure its existing users, hey, you made the right choice. No, it's to try and increase sales of its flagship product, the Galaxy Note 8. So in that case... Um, why are you then attacking and insulting potential customers? The advert insults iPhone users for being stupid. It literally calls them stupid. It's almost like their old advert when they literally said, oh, whoa, if you're an iPhone user, you're nothing more than a barista. Well, not, Nothing wrong being a barista anyway, but um, it literally insults the customer base. And I do know why would I even consider jumping ship if a company is going to call me stupid and insult me? It should be showing, hey we have a better product if we believe we have a better product this is our product not that you're stupid um you know and, and taking the mick out of people enthusiastically lining up for a product samsung wishes they had people lining up for their products they just don't have that buzz they just don't have that enthusiasm the industry isn't infused with their products this doesn't matter how good or bad they are that's just the way it is and furthermore i expect samsung to show a lot more humility um, because. They have luck, they're lucky to get out of the controversy of the Galaxy uh, Note 7 phones exploding without significant damage to their reputation. It seems their fan base is sticking with them and fine, the Galaxy uh, S8 and the Galaxy Note 8 sold reasonably well, but show a bit of class and a bit of humility. I mean, for goodness sake, you had phones that were endangering people's lives, potentially, and you're going to be all arrogant with an advertising campaign like that. So it's a little annoying. It's a little bit, um, inaccurate. Um, and it's, it's disrespectful and they want, and you know, call me Apple fanboy. Apple don't stoop to those levels to insult, um, competitors to even reference competitors. And I'll tell you what, they most certainly do not insult, um, the users of, uh, competitors products. Um, and, um, but on the other hand, it you know some gentle ribbon and um, some digs in there. You know, from a, from an entertainment point of view, it's quite an amusing commercial. So um, what I'm going to do is I'll put a link to it in the show notes. You you um, you have a look um, and 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 you know let me know what you think. Um, it, it it's it's quite funny, but it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. The iPhone 10 had a hugely successful launch. It's in huge demand. It is going to be the number one selling smartphone over the next 12 months without shadow of a doubt. So that's all the time we have for this edition of The Intersection. Thanks for joining me. Um, just want to remind you that if you haven't subscribed already, uh, please do so. You'll find instructions on our website, which is intersectioncast.com. Um, you can find us on all leading podcast directories. We're, we're, we're on iTunes, we're on TuneIn Radio, etc. Um, you can also use social media uh, to be alerted to when new episodes are uh, have been published so if you're a facebook user you can find us at uh, facebook.com slash intersection cast if you're a twitter person then our twitter account is at let's intersect if you have any feedback any suggestions whatsoever for any future episodes uh, we just want to hear how, things, how you're doing particularly how you find in the iphone 10 if you own one already um please drop us an email our email address is is feedback at intersectioncast.com and you can use that same email address to find us on Skype and drop us a Skype voicemail. Once again, thanks for listening. I'm Jonathan Wildburn and until the next time, that's a wrap. It's the intersection.